welcome to Luxi, a podcast to reignite your wonder by exploring the intersection between science and luxury. And we are so excited because we have our very first guest on the podcast today. Yay, Lauren. Yay, Lauren. <laughs> so we are joined by Lauren, who is the director of Diamonds and Gemstones at Valerie Madison Jewelry in Seattle. And that, yes. by the way, might be the coolest title I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Thank you. I know it, it sounds pretty cool. It kind of sounds like a fake job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and... <like> gemologist. <laughs> oh, gemologist. I think because we've been in this world of jewelry materials for a while now, that one's starting to sound normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we. I follow the Gemological Institute of America from our Facebook page, and I I love their posts. Yes. Yes, they're amazing. I love them too. I, as I understand it, you started out as a geologist. Is that correct? I did, yes. And, so, and what got you interested in geology? It's actually, it's, it's very random, I must say. I was thinking <laughs> about this before I came on, and I was like, should I tell the real story? <laughs> <laughs> so I got interested in geology because um, when I was in high school, we had a speaker come to our environmental science class. And he was talking about renewable energy and that type of environmental science. And I thought that it was really cool. And at that time, I didn't really know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I, at the end of the speech, I was, I went up to him and I said, what did you, what did you get your major in? Everything you're talking about sounds so cool. I would love to study <laughs> like what you studied. And he said he was a geologist. And oh. so to me, and I had never met a geologist before. And it really sparked my curiosity and my interest. And so when I went to school in the fall, I decided I wanted to be a geologist because That's of really that. That's really cool. Yeah. So did you, do you choose your school for that major or just I, coincided? That's a great question because I did actually get into another school that I really liked, but they didn't have a geology major. So then I ended up um, going to my, the school I went to instead, which was Western Washington University. Oh, yeah. Western Washington is the one that does the like PSA, the little shorts on PBS about the geology around Washington State. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love that. (laughs) I I just remember them for an excellent solar car team. We competed again on solar cars. Yeah. So Demos is very interested in things like renewable energy, too, from a slightly different angle. (laughs) It's really it's pretty thought provoking stuff. I must say. <laughs> yeah, especially now. Right after school, were you like gung-ho still? I'm going to go work as a geologist. How did that go? It took a different direction. And it was actually because when I started getting closer to graduating, I started realizing the types of jobs that were available to me didn't really seem like the right fit. And as having a little quarter-life crisis, being like, what, a, what am I <laughs> going to do? do? As we all do. <laughs> what am I going to do with this major that I've spent so much time on? And I decided I wanted to do a senior thesis because I'm kind of an overachiever and I like to do everything extra. So also very much identify with that. So I was like, okay, let's see, maybe doing a senior thesis will help, will help me figure out what I want to do in the real world. Because a lot of geologists go into oil, which Mm. I really didn't want to do. And there's groundwater hydrology, which I also didn't really want to do. And volcanology, maybe? There is, yes. Volcanology is another was another popular one at my university. <laughs> but not again, not something I was super passionate about. So 
I went to a bunch of different professors trying to find someone whose project I could work with if they had something for me to do. Because as an undergraduate, there weren't a ton of um, opportunities for research. I did find someone and he was doing a the geochemistry of Muzo Colombian emeralds as his Ooh. project. And I was like, wow, that sounds really fun. I won. I liked chemistry the best. I had to take a lot of math, chemistry, and physics. And I didn't really, I wasn't as into physics as I was into chemistry. I really liked that he was coming from a chemistry perspective and emeralds that it just seemed really fancy and really fun versus the other projects that were being (laughs) offered. (laughs) And South America provides some of the most amazing emeralds on the earth. Yes. I would argue the best emeralds on the earth, personally. I think so. Well, I think you ought to know. Yeah, that That's is kind true. of what you do, right? I did. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with them <laughs> in the lab. I so I did um, my research on the geochemistry of Muzo-Columbian emeralds, and we used cathodoluminescence, the LAICPMS, so laser ablation inductively coupled mass plasma mass spectrometry. Ooh, that to, is a mouthful. I know it's a lot. I presented my research at a the Geological Society of America conference in 2014, and GIA was actually there at the conference. And they introduced themselves to me, and they were telling me, "Have you ever thought about getting a job in gemology?" And that's when I was like, "That's not a real job. That's a fake job. (laughs) (laughs) There's no such thing." I know it was. It blew my mind because at my university, no one ever talked about that sector of Mm. geology it -hmm. wasn't even an option so I ended up going to GIA and getting my graduate gemologist diploma from them and that's how I snuck into the industry. Do you continue to use technologies like laser ablation inductively coupled spectroscopy? I don't not at my current job I I could have gotten a a job that was more technical with more research, but I found that after doing my my research and writing my thesis, I spent a lot of time alone with <laughs> machines yeah. in the lab and yeah, operating them. Yeah. While I enjoyed Clean. it <laughs> because it was very interesting and I love a challenge and I love learning. It would I wanted something that was more client facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I did miss that aspect. Reminds me of a certain wife I have. Yeah, I also spent a lot of time alone in labs with machines, cursing at them, kicking them, yes. giving them just the right hit so that they'd start working again. Mm-hmm. It had to be like yes. open palm, a little bit of a... But after that, you decided you didn't want to stay in the, uh, the, in the, lab. the lab side of things, but no. more, more personal. Yeah, um, yeah. Leadership side. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of the same thing with that, you know, sort of missing. Obviously, I saw my lab mates, but... You know, there were definitely times where it was just you and the, the mice or whatever. In my case, the parasites. But. What inspires you about being a gemologist the most when it comes to the science? Well, I really love learning about how things work and why things are the way they are. So a brief moment in college, I thought about switching majors to be an engineer because I took a class on material science. And I thought it was so interesting learning. No, now, you're, now you're speaking Demos's language. <laughs> <laughs> so that really sparked my curiosity. With my thesis and really honing in on the chemistry of emeralds, it just, it ignited a fire in me that kind of had 
disappeared a little bit as I had my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And then when the GIA came up to me and told me, thank you so much for your research in gemology. I just, I felt like I had found something that was a, ni- a niche that really aligned with what I liked. Cause I'm going to be honest, I am not the best geologist as in, <laughs> I did not like going in the field. I was much more wanting to be in the lab researching. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed crystallography a lot more than like geomorphology. X-ray, X-ray crystallography? Like the crystal structures and um, the way minerals form mm. and oh, okay. that type of mineralogy and what makes yeah. up the rocks. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, like like how rocks turn into gems or how... Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or even just like, we've really enjoyed exploring um, how sapphire gets all its different colors or, oh, yeah. you know, radiation makes green diamonds. I think it's fascinating too. It's really neat stuff. I really like learning about those types of things. And I continue, I like to take continuing education classes and reading about new technologies in the gem industry and the background behind stones. And I feel like that's why it makes me such a great person in my job because a lot of gemologists don't have a geology background, which I mm-hmm. thought was crazy. Cause to me, I was like, how do you get into it if you don't know <laughs> geology? But yeah. A lot of them are um, come from families of jewelers, so uh, they just kind of learn the trade that way. They so more I'm, just understand the grading and the uh, the value of a gem from yes. its various characteristics. I imagine. Yep, exactly. And how long? About how long did that certification take you to do? Well, for the graduate gemologist diploma, I did the distance education. They offer mm-hmm. an on campus and a distance. And I did my distance education while I was working. So it took me a little longer than, than I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> I would say four years in total. Okay. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. not, too, it's not too bad. I mean, again, you're talking bad. to two people who did an excessive amount of school. <laughs> four years is probably nothing compared to what y'all have done. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean. The, the good news, though, is it was something you could do, I guess, kind of like online education, you know, you can sort of mix it with your life, make it happen, even it's though it true. kind of ties you down. No, Not a lot of going out nights. <laughs> Very true. I find that because of my background, though, it came a lot easier to me than mm. other than other people that I would meet in the program. Because I would fly down to Carlsbad, which is where GIA has one of their headquarters there, to take my lab classes. And I would find that a lot of people would drop out after the first day. So these labs would be oh, like wow. a week long and then you'd go to class and then yeah. some people would be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this is what it was. And they would, mm. they'd drop out, um, especially the diamond, the diamond grading lab. That one I can't even imagine. <laughs> is it like SOM where you say, hmm, I taste black currant. And, <laughs> uh, I'll give it a five for sugar and a three for sourness. <laughs> Pretty but, much. No, it's, it's much more, it's not as subjective as I guess, right? It's a lot harder to, to grade a diamond, I imagine. It is. The amount of things you have to measure mm-hmm. on a small stone is just, is just incredible. I did not realize until I went there and had to do it how much, how much goes into actually grading, grading a stone. 
but that's good to know. So, like, you know, if mm -hmm. you take your jewelry to be appraised and they take it away and, like, five minutes later they're back, you can kind of be like, well. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really yeah. do that? <laughs> yes. Do you have a special class for, like, breaking bad news to people? <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that Diamond's really a G. I know you thought it was an A. <laughs> yes. I imagine you have stories. <laughs> yes, yes, I have so many, so many stories. <laughs> I think my favorite was probably people coming in and asking me um, that they found this rock on the on the side of the road and they were, thought it was a diamond and they really wanted me to tell them if it was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or was things pretty, like that. Was it pretty clear right away that it wasn't? It was. It was a hundred percent clear, <laughs> at least to me. <laughs> I'm sure they had some good reasoning behind it, but they'd come into my, the last yeah. place I worked, people would come in a lot and ask for things Cause, like that. Cause, so we, our podcast follows you on Instagram. We love your Instagram page. Oh, and you, you did a quiz recently between Diamond and another clear. Yes. yes. And I failed. <laughs> oh, you did? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I, I did not get it right. <laughs> it is, it is hard. It takes a, it's, takes looking at them a lot and yeah after to know like you, after you did the explanation you know in the real I was like oh okay <laughs> are, are people buying diamonds as much these days as they used to or is there a shift to different types of gems I don't know maybe I'm more of a purist and like diamonds are the best but <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are buying diamonds still mm -hmm. but sapphires have been really popular and I know I sell a lot of engagement rings at the store that I work at now. Yeah. And I see a lot of sapphire engagement rings, a lot, which Absolutely. is great because sapphires are really durable and really yes. great for everyday wear. So it makes me happy that they want a sapphire versus like an, <laughs> an opal or a moonstone oh. or something very soft that I yeah. get anxiety about seeing it in an engagement ring. <laughs> yeah, no, that would Here's be... Here's some talcum. We'll put <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> Um, so question for you about sapphires, because we just did an episode about them. And no, we just did an episode about rubies. Yeah. And in my head, rubies are really just a pink sapphire. I mean, oh, no. so I guess. <laughs> Correct us. I mean, are they not a pink sapphire? Because they're made so, of the same thing. They just have corundum. the yes. impurity. The chromium. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So <laughs> it's true to an extent. I We actually, Valerie Madison got the, this question on a a TikTok recently and oh, I, filmed, I filmed a response <laughs> so I feel good to answer this question. Pink sapphires and rubies are technically the same mineral corundum as you, mm -hmm. as you know and chromium is the color trace element that helps give them that vibrant color. I will say that you can't call a pink sapphire a ruby in gemological terms because having that deep saturated red color is so mm. much more rare than the pink color. And therefore gotcha. the value of the stone is much more. Yeah. Okay. And that's yeah. why it gets its own special name, but technically, <laughs> chemically they're similar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very similar. Um, so in your current role, you know, what mm -hmm. is your favorite part of what you're doing now? So my favorite thing that I do is I am, the, the buyer. So I get to shop for sapphires and diamonds and Ooh. pick out the best of the best for 
Valerie, if she was using something in a new design, she'll tell mm -hmm. me what she's looking for and what she wants, and then I'll go find it for her or for custom orders for clients. So if a customer comes in and they are looking for something super specific or anything like that, I, I love it. It's like treasure hunting for me to find the perfect, <laughs> the perfect stones. And do you use your science background a lot, do you think, in your current I, I feel like I do. I'm always answering questions for the bench jewelers, for the rest of the sales team, for customers. I don't use it as much as I used to, but it keeps me with all the clients asking questions. And I do a lot of trainings for my sales team mm -hmm. on product knowledge. So that keeps me sharp and on top of my game. But I don't get to use a lot of the instruments. The most instruments I get to use is a microscope. And if I have to do any gem identification, there's some other, some other fun things I get to play with. Have you ever been tempted to buy a little oven for your office so that you can heat treat some of the <laughs> gems that you come across that you're like, if I could just keep it hot for a little while, I could turn it into that color I needed to. And by a little hot, you mean really, really, really hot. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. So an easy bake oven, but for gems. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, that would be fun actually. <laughs> I would like that. I just took a class on low-level heat treatments in sapphires and rubies, which Ooh. was very interesting. Yeah. How hot do you have to go? You have to go significantly hot because if it's only up to, I think it's like 1500 degrees oh, Celsius. Like glass, almost glass temperatures. That's when it starts to get darker. But for these low-level heat treatments, They'll take a dark sapphire, like an Australian sapphire, and that are almost like that inky blue where it looks mm. black. It's so mm -hmm. dark. And yeah. they'll heat treat it to about 1100 degrees Celsius, and that'll lighten the color. But if you heat it too much and it heats up too much, it starts to get darker, which is very interesting. That is interesting. Wow. So you could just walk it across the street to Glassy Baby. That's true. <laughs> they can throw it in their fire and <laughs> we can see what happens. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, because we talked. I think we talked about heat treatment with amethyst. You can make citrine mm, if you heat mm -hmm. an amethyst, uh, and it's slightly lower. It was like six hundred and something for the amethyst mm, to get it to stay that yellow color. But we also learned in that same regard that if you try to heat treat diamonds too much, you can turn it black because it's carbon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. You have this kind of full circle moment in your career where you went into geology. And, you know, you learned about, you know, things like the rock cycle and, and coming out yes. of it was like, you can go into the oil industry and stuff, but that's all, you just took it a different way and went down the other thing a car carbon can do route to make a diamond. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Are diamonds and I, becoming more safe to buy, like less conflict zone sort of situation? That is a great question. Something I talk about a lot on my Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I feel like diamonds are becoming a lot safer to buy. There's a lot of processes in place to make sure that the diamonds that are coming into the United States are not funding conflict. That's mm -hmm. what conflict-free means when they say a conflict-free diamond. It's not funding conflict. I think the new issue with diamond mining is the workers' conditions yeah. at the mines. 
So that's something that is still, I feel like a work in progress, but they're definitely moving in the right direction. Um, And then what is your view on synthetic grown gemstones, lab grown? So I appreciate the science behind them because I think it's pretty incredible that they could do that in a lab. Yeah. (laughs) But to me, I they're just they don't excite me as much as a natural stone because a natural yeah. stone is something it's literal buried treasure yeah in the earth. yeah <laughs> and to me a synthetic is just it tries to look like it but it's not it will never be it in my eyes especially colored gemstones like lab grown rubies lab grown emeralds lab grown sapphires even looking at them under a microscope it's super different. obvious to me oh, yeah, it's very different the way that they're the way that they're the crystal structure part of it is inclusions can actually be an indication of better gem right like you sometimes you want inclusions in rubies maybe i'm wrong so i would say for emeralds because emeralds when to get an emerald back up to the earth's crust so it can be mined it has to go through a lot of trauma and there's a lot of inclusions and fracturing that happens in an emerald so if i see if someone brings me a green stone and I don't know what it is, but they're like, I think it's an emerald. And I look at it under a microscope and it has no inclusions. I'm going to be very skeptical. Yeah. So what is your favorite gemstone? If you had to pick one, where do you like? I know, I know this is so basic because I just talked about them for like 20 minutes, but emeralds are my favorite gemstone. No, it's not. They're beautiful. I think it's because I was trapped in a lab with them for so long that (laughs) I just have this bond. Yes, I know them on a personal level. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then a close second is probably the Paraiba tourmaline. Oh, I do like a tourmaline. Mm -hmm. Ooh, you don't think you don't hear about that much. Like that's the blue green one. Yes, it's like the Paraiba is the Brazilian. It's like an electric blue tourmaline. Oh, wow. So, so I could just walk into my local Pandora and say, I'd like a tourmaline <laughs> to put on my bracelet. Probably not. Well, I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, no. no I grew up going up to, up to Maine, which is the land of the watermelon tourmalines. Oh, I love those. The watermelon tourmalines are so cute. That's a real it, thing. It is. They, they, part of the stone mm-hmm. is it goes from green and into pink. And yeah, it kind of looks like a watermelon. My last question would be, what's up with mm-hmm. North Carolina and bizarre gemstones? Okay, I have been, I have seen that actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to do some more research on that because I've heard that there's lots of different gemstones there. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't think they're gem quality. Yeah, but you yeah. can like pay money and like walk through people's fields and pick up rocks and they'll potentially be gemstones. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> I do like rock hunting and hunting for pretty yeah. rock. So yeah. I would be interested, but I would rather, I need to research that more because that sounds like something I need to plan a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let us know because we'll tell you where you can go. Demos is from North Carolina. so Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what advice would you give someone who's interested in getting into this field? I would say that don't be intimidated if you don't come from a family of jewelers because I didn't come from a family of jewelers and going into that industry, it's, it's hard to get into. I'm not going to lie if you don't have a, a way in, yeah. but I would say that working in retail really gives you a good picture and 
it can spark your interest. And then from there, there's a lot of networking opportunities like clubs you can join. I'm a member of the Women's Jewelry Association of Seattle. Oh, cool. And then also the GIA um, alumni. And Mm -hmm. they are really great with connecting you with other individuals, finding mentors. And I would ask a lot of questions. Yeah, great advice. And as a reminder, you're at Valerie Madison Jewelry in Seattle, yes. and that is a women-owned, women-owned yes. jewelry store, um, which is really cool. And it's one of my favorite places. I go in frequently. So next time I'm in, I'm in I'll make sure I say hello. I oh, you him. do? You come in? I would love to say hi in, in real life. my new favorite. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring in, I have a sapphire ring that you can take a look at because I've always been curious about it. I, I bought some sapphires in Cambodia. and oh, We're ready for whatever news you have to give us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, Lauren, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been great. Thank you so much, Lauren. And if people want to follow you on Instagram, if you want people to follow you on Instagram, if you want to give your handle. Of course it does. Yes. Thank uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, (laughs) It was really fun to talk rocks with other people that appreciate the science, too. Thanks. And my Instagram is at laurenxluxury. All right. So does a laser ablation go pew, 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 pew? Does it? It does, actually. I was there. It does. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he's been dying to ask that the whole time. <laughs> well, my luxurious friends, you've spent another 20 minutes with us and our new friend, Lauren. We hope you liked listening to this episode as much as we liked making it. You can find Lauren at Valerie Madison Jewelry in Seattle, where she is the director of Diamonds and Gemstones. I highly recommend a visit for custom jewelry, chic designs, and my favorite, their eternity bracelet. Very special thank you to my co-host and audio engineer, Demos. Our theme music is Harlequin Mood by Birdie. If you like us, please, please, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find us all over social media at LuxSciPod, and our website is luxsci.podcastpage.io. And we're now on YouTube, so our call to action this episode is to follow us on YouTube, where we're uploading full episodes chronicling our year in Greece, and we will be launching a new video series there in about three weeks. Until next time.